0: All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, April 21st of 2023. Here, wrapping up our last show of the week. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. One of the coaches over here at SaberSim is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS related questions that you guys post live in the YouTube chat or over in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it as Always um, going to get the app pulled up here. Looks like we have a 12-game MLB main slate. We got a three-game NBA playoff slate and a four-game NHL playoff slate as well. So it should be a fun day of DFS and then always plenty of DFS action over the weekend here. Got two questions in the Discord. Looks like Mike is here. Got one question in the YouTube chat. But aside from that, no questions. So if anybody has any questions now, was a great time to get them in. As always, I'm uh, going to start with this first one here that somebody posted in one of the other channels and I uh, wanted to talk about this a little bit. So question says, with the sorter, if I do my nickel contest as rank and the others as unique random, would they overlap the rank and random even though it says unique? Okay, good question here. I did get us a CSV to mess around with prior to the show. So just going to get that in the app here. Um, I have this, I have this CSV with four different contests here. So let's go back to the home screen. Let's make our two changes to projections here. And then let's just run a build that we will use for our demonstration here. So I'm going to let this run and then talk about, um, fill methods, how they work, uh, how to use them, etc. All right. Uh for those of you who've been uh following along all week tuning in, I am finally like feeling a hundred percent here. Uh so so really excited for today's show. <coughs> Builder being a little slow here. Maybe I have some rules that carried over from yesterday or something, but it looks like our lineups are finally finishing up now and uh heading into the post-build. All right. So we got our lineups. Uh, I have four single entries here. So let's say I want to build, let we'll do this a couple different ways. So let's say I have four lineups, right? I, I make my adjustments. I do whatever I want. I go into this fill entries. So if I were to use this lineup file of my four saved entries and I were to use rank, what would happen is when I hit fill all of these lineups would get my number one lineup. So this Top lineup you see right here with Aaron Nola and Otani, rank one, all four four contests got that one lineup. That's what happens with rank. If I use unique rank, my first listed contest will get lineup one. My second listed contest will get lineup two, and then lineup three, and then lineup four in descending order based on the contest that you have here. So that's what unique rank will do. Unique random, what it would do is that it would use all four lineups, but lineup four might go into your top contest, lineup three might go into your last contest. It'll it'll randomly fill them, but it will make sure that each lineup gets used once before using another lineup here. Now let's say that um you did, you know, maybe you un you unchecked two contests and you only left two checked. If I checked these two contests and used rank, what would happen is they would both get the number one lineup. And then if I uncheck those two and then checked another two, now what would happen is if I use unique rank for these two, uh, lineup one would go into the top one and then lineup two would go into the second one. So technically, if you look at your entire contest portfolio here, lineup one is now used three times in the top two contests and then in the third contest and then lineup two is used one time. So What the builder basically does is it like groups your lineup file with your fill method and treats it as such. So um, if I have two contests checked and I use unique random, then lineup one will go into one of those lineup two will go into one of those randomly. I don't know which one it is. And then if I were to unselect those and then do unique rank for another set of contests, then lineup one would go into that one, and then lineup two would go into that one. So it all depends on what contests are checked and what method you're using. But basically, when you use a lineup file and a different method, the uh the sequencing starts over. So that is how it works. But good question there, definitely worth clarification, especially if you are doing something like building your diversifiers in one build, your elevators in another build, and uh filling those uh separately and then uploading them so just good to understand how the builder works in that way all right uh chuck has a question here i think this is a good question chuck said does it make sense to use fewer min uniques for more top heavy contests and higher min uniques for flatter payout structures so uh chuck i would say yes i think that is a good way to look at this also one thing to like piggyback on that is that if you're playing a lot of satellite contests uh you're playing you know the satellites under three dollars you get some entries into some of the higher dollar contests i think that fanduel is a great place to do this fanduel their satellites usually overlay pretty often and you could get into some higher dollar contests get access to those at a discount right but but let's say that you know you have three entries into a contest that is like a 60 max um where there are players in those contests that are maxing those out i think that if you only have you know a small number of entries into this uh contest that is um that 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 takes a lot more entries to max i think that you should be shooting for really high upside lineups with the small number of entries that you have so i think that Top heavy payout structures make sense to use less mini min uniques. I think contests where you're not um, maxing out, it, you can use less mini uniques and kind of shoot for higher upside. But I think that using mini uniques in contests with flatter payout structures does make a lot of sense. So I'm, I'm right in line with you here. Not too many thoughts to add on that one. All right. A question from Mike Carr. On a 20 max MLB contest, do you choose your starting pitchers or run and use the Sims starting pitchers? Uh, so good question. I mean, I think that for me, I'm usually doing like a, a research build and trying to find some leverage spots that I want to take advantage of. So usually I'll do like a uh, a zero nine build for like my pitchers, just kind of see like what pitchers we like with no correlation involved. And then I'll do a uh, one for my batters and do like a modified correlation build. So I'm using the outcomes of those builds to figure out what I want to do. I would say that, you know, one thing that I'm always looking for specifically in those builds is like, is there a spot where we like the pitcher, but we also kind of like the batters and I'm, and I'm being very cautious with those situations in particular to make sure that all of my lineups don't ride on one side or another of a particular game let's say that you know this um it, it's highly unlikely to like colorado here but like let's just say for instance um let's say that we like aaronola today in in some builds that we run but then let's say on the other side we also like colorado and then now i have i don't know 60 percent erinola but then i also have like 25 percent colorado stacks I, that situation makes me like pretty nervous to have 85 percent of my lineups basically riding on the outcome of one game on this 12 game slate so i will just um like be or manage my exposure to that individual game a little more carefully uh but but that's what i'm looking for i think that the best spots for me are you know where we don't like the pitcher and then we also like the 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 team as a stack on the other side it's like okay you know this this makes sense uh this is what i'm looking for right so if if i do some research builds and determine that hey i like a certain pitcher and then i'm ultimately not getting that much of them i'm okay going in and bumping some exposure and then just consciously taking a stand on that team so i think that if if you have done some research and know some pitchers that you want to get to but you're not getting to them I think it's okay to go into the post build and adjust their minimax exposure. Snowman said, good day. What is up, Snowman? Hope you have a good weekend coming up here. Uh, But those are all the questions that we have right now, everybody. So if anybody has any questions, uh, get those in now. I'm going to talk about Owner's Box uh, really quickly heading into the weekend while we wait for some more questions to come in. But if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, I would highly recommend taking advantage of it. We have partnered with them and are um, we're the first major optimizer to support them. Uh, Contest overlay frequently. I, I think that the games are a little bit softer in general over there. They're um, not attracting the, the highest volume players at the moment but that is not to say that that will be forever so take advantage of the softer contest of the overlay while it is still there and then earn free sabers and credit while you play over there we track your entry fees if you use code saber or sabersim when you sign up take advantage of their 500 deposit bonus and um we will reach out to you when you hit these entry free fee thresholds and ask you if you want to cash in on your month of standard or wait and then cash in on a month of pro or wait longer and cash in on a month of the mlb prop plan our prop plan has been very good to date if you want to take advantage of our prop plan be on the Sim pro subscription and then you will have this add-on says nba props but it is really all props we are doing both nba for nba playoffs still and we are doing MLB props uh MLB props have been very good to start the season so we're hoping for a, a strong season of MLB props here all right um still no questions uh happy to stick around and and talk about whatever you guys want to talk about here uh finally feeling feeling 100% feeling healthy so i was looking forward to a uh, strong show to close out the week. But you guys know that I always say, if you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there. That gives us a steady queue of questions to get going as people tune in, as people start to ask more questions live here. I know that we usually get a lot of questions over the weekend. So we usually have a strong Monday show for everybody here. Um, So looking forward to that in general here, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, not not too sure uh, what to talk about. I guess I could talk about one thing. It's not like particularly uh, DFS related here, uh, but I've been like studying some some game theory on the side here, uh, trying to learn a little bit more about game theory. I've been, been learning some Python as well here. Uh, so if you guys are familiar with the... Uh, Prisoner's Dilemma, I get uh, talk to you guys a little bit about that, give you guys a little bit of a um, idea of, of, you know, some some game theory. I feel like we talk about game theory all the time here, and we don't always, um, you know, like like what is actually game theory, right? So what I'm going to do, just to kill some time, is pull this up here. Let's share my screen so you guys should see like this ms paint here i'm gonna move myself off to the side so okay so i am gonna draw this here so let's say so if you guys are familiar or aren't familiar with the prisoner's dilemma so basically it's this um situation where these two people rob a bank let's say and then they get caught they go to um what's it called? Like the interrogation room and their options are you have a uh, person one here and then you have person two and the interrogator basically gives them both a deal and they say option um, A is you um, don't confess and you don't say anything or option B is you rat out your partner and you get a better deal here right so we have a and b and then we have a and b here right so option a is don't um don't rat, basically like don't don't uh give up the other person here and then option b is you give up the other person here so if you do not say anything and the other person doesn't say anything you both go to jail for 1 year. If you say something and the other person does not say anything. So so basically player 1 would give up player 2 and then player 2 would not give up player 1 here. So then what happens is player 1 doesn't get any jail time, but player 2 gets 4 years of jail time and then vice versa if player 2 gives up player 1 so Uh, Robert two says, hey, I'm going to rat out player one. Player one doesn't rat out player two. Then what happens is player one goes to jail for four years. Player two goes to jail for zero years. And then the worst case is where player one and player two both rat on each other. And then they go to jail for three years each. So these are the options here. And basically what uh, i see snowman has a question but we'll talk about that after so so the decision is you know what choice does each player make here and in you know we can we can talk about it all day but basically there's something called like a purely dominant strategy where if player say let's take player one so player one can either not say anything and then depending on what player two does uh, player one could get one year of jail or zero years. So what player one should do here? Player one should always play B here because zero is less jail time than one year. And then what? And then on this side here, if player two plays B, player one should always play uh, B as well because three years in jail is less than four years. So players, player one's options are go go a or b but if play but depending on what player two does has a big effect on what happens to player one so player one's best option is to always play b because zero years is better than negative one or one year in jail and then three years in jail is less than four years so player one should basically always play b here regardless of what player two does which is called like a purely dominant strategy um and then player two vice versa should technically do the same thing. So if player uh 2 plays plays um what is it here? So if player 2 plays B, so 0 years in jail is better than 1 year in jail if player 1 plays A and then pl- if player player 1 plays B, 3 years in jail is better than 4 years in jail. So it's really interesting that both players' best option actually leads them to both be in jail for three years. But it's only if one of these two players deviates from like the dominant strategy will one player benefit. But anyways, that's like one game theory principle if you guys were to like, Study game theory. This is like a common thing that they talk about, a purely dominant strategy. There's also like Nash equilibrium and then there's mixed strategies. And then, you know, how often should you be playing a mixed strategy to keep your opponent indifferent? So if you guys are interested, you know, we talk about game theory a lot. This is just like one very basic example of game theory strategy. Um, I, I would, uh, you know, look on the internet. You could find... uh YouTube videos and different courses that talk more about game theory, but it is pretty interesting once you guys get into it here. So just a little game theory for you on this slow Friday here. And then um, looks like snowman had a question said, how did you get better? What's your biggest one ever? So great question here. Uh, so how did I get better? I mean, I I just learned and, and listened. I think listening is probably what I did the most of listen to everybody I have this, I like to say, uh, listen to everybody, trust nobody. So you should not just like take someone's word for something. The first time you hear somebody talk about a topic, you should listen to multiple people talk about a topic and formulate your own opinion from there. It's like, okay, this person said this, this person said B, this person said C, this person said D, and then listen to all of them and kind of figure out what all of those things mean to you and then come up with your own opinion uh so i was a Saberson member when office hours was was originally started uh when jordan started the show i used to be in the show asking questions all the time i don't think i've ever missed an office hours i've either uh watched it or uh run the show so that's like a a long-running thing that i'm like kind of proud of but listening to everything um i think across the industry you could learn different things, get opinions from different people. Uh, There are good DFS players all over the place. Uh, Be plugged into the communities, whether those are different discords, whether that's like DFS Twitter. Um, I'm still trying to get better. You know, I've spent time learning Excel um, formulas and uh, different ways to do things in Excel. Like I said, I'm I'm currently learning some Python to try and be able to do some back testing. I'm learning some game theory. Like I just kind of showed you guys, and uh just trying to learn all different ways i can uh you could you could see my biggest wins over in the winner circle which i'll pull up proud of those uh really really cool and and awesome um those were some some good sweats here so coming to the 100k tier i have two big wins here uh, i came in second in a millimaker. maker in NBA season, uh, not this NBA season, but the last NBA season, uh, that was an awesome sweat. I was in first for a really long time, and Garns passed me with Christoph Porzingis in like the last two minutes of the game. He got a block and then a couple of free throws to seal the deal there. And then I had a, a 100k win that same season in a, a large field GPP. And uh, that one was. A little bit, uh, not as much of a sweat down the stretch. I was the one coming from behind here to uh, pass the the guy who ended up in second place. So those are my two big wins or, or six figure wins. I've had uh, some five figure wins along the way in MLB and, and NBA and some other sports. But really proud of those two. Uh, you know, can't can't thank the team enough for the awesome product that they put out. And that is. Uh, partially what what led to me uh, joining the team here. All right. Looks like we got an actual question from Joe here. So going to get back to the show. Joe said, if I have a team stack set for min three players, max five players, will that exclude players from that team from being one-offs? If other lineups they aren't stacked in, uh, yes, it will. So, what you are saying is like if you have a rule where it says, Hey, you know, or or even like a uh, team stack rule where it says min three players, so that means that any lineup where Oakland shows up, they will have three players in it. So, um, if you're trying to make a rule, well, see, it's kind of hard. I, I don't think you could do it any other way. Um, you're basically saying like, Hey, if Oakland is in this lineup then you must have three players from oakland so you will be limiting their ability to come into a stack uh, if you care more about maybe specific players from a team you, what you could do is do like a if then rule so it's saying like if if at least one will say oakland and then maybe you want to say like seven eight nine if you're going to use at least one player from the bottom of the order from Oakland, then use at least uh two here from one of these other positions. And then you just check in the rest of the lineup. So maybe you're saying, like, hey, I don't I don't mind using Oakland one through six hitters as one-offs, but I definitely do not want to use Oakland seven, eight, nine hitters. So if you're gonna use seven, eight, nine hitters in my lineup, make sure they're stacked. Otherwise, I am okay with playing one through six as a one-off here. That's just an example, but that is one way that you could ultimately do that. So, okay, I just wanna make sure I'll just keep it at min zero and 0% exposure for two stacks. Yeah, no, you could definitely do that in the um, post build here as well. So one thing that, that I like to do is um, look at these individual stack tabs, depending on you know the team or like the combination. Like one thing I like to do is when Otani is, is a hitter and Trout and they're, they're in the lineup together. I'll come in here and then I will like specifically look at my Angels two stacks just because Otani Trout is just such a popular combination, I think, for like the, the normal general player to put in their lineups. That I just think that that combination is probably over most nights. And so I want to limit that. But I think looking at teams on a two stack, three stack, four stack, five stack basis gives you a little more control over that in your lineups. Yep. No, no problem, man. Happy to help. But all right, everybody. Uh, I think, I think that's it for today. We, we talked about a couple different things here. So we'll be right back on Monday. Until then, good luck in your contest. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. And until then, I will see you guys. Bye.